are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to the always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we are talking all about the D-backs weekend. They played the LA Dodgers, of course, and they took a tough loss Sunday, but they came with a big win Saturday night to finally beat LA. Uh, D-backs still trying to play spoiler to these teams in the postseason, so it was nice to see them get a win Saturday night against the Dodgers, so we're going to be talking about that. Then we're going to be talking about the Toy Lovello extension to wrap up today's pod. So we got a whole bunch I want to talk to you guys about, as always. But first, don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, which is look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And remember, please interact with me as much as you want with this, uh, with, with me on Twitter, with the podcast show account, because I love interacting with people on Twitter. I love getting to debates. And so it, it's always fun to get into debates and talk Dimebacks with people who listen to the podcast. But let's jump right into it. And let's talk about Sunday's game first D-backs versus Dodgers Diamondbacks are not able really to muster up a lot of offense actually they don't muster up any offense in Sunday's game as they lose three nothing they get shut out by the Dodgers it was actually a, a pretty good pitching performances by both teams the Dodgers had Julio Urias on the mound who has been pretty good against the D-backs all season he continued it Sunday he only went five innings but gave up no earned runs struck out three so great pitching performance from the Dodgers side and from the D-backs side their starter we didn't really get a good performance shout out Javi who's in the green room chat right now but Humberto Mejia didn't get the best for, uh, performance out of him he actually gave up three solo home runs in today's game that's not something you're trying to see from your starter obviously Seager had two home runs in the first three innings Mejia did not last very long in Sunday's game he went two and two-thirds innings pitch the three earned runs three home runs allowed but he actually did his job because for the D-backs, they are still trying to get that number one overall pick. They are in a tight battle with the Baltimore Orioles. Shout out Connor Newcomb of Lockdown Orioles. We are both battling for the number one pick. Both teams are at 50 wins. And after today's loss, they are also going to be tied in the loss column at 106 losses apiece. So it's going to come down to this final week and a half for the D-backs to really decide who's going to get the number one pick. And as long as D-backs are getting performances like the one they get, like the one they got today from Humberto Mejia, three home runs allowed, they're going to be right there in the number one overall pick race. But there was still some positives from today's game because we know how bad the D-backs bullpen has been all season. Usually they come in and they give up multiple earned runs. Usually multiple dudes come in and give up multiple earned runs. But today, 
a fantastic bullpen performance from the D-backs. You had Caleb Smith, Javier's favorite pitcher, come into the game. He gave up no earned runs over two and one-thirds innings pitch. Only gave up one hit, a surprise from Caleb Smith. You had Sean Poppin, Joe Mantipoli, Tyler Clipper, Taylor Widener, J.B. Wendelkin. Everyone came in for the D-backs today. They had pretty much, they unloaded their bullpen today in today's game. And usually, throughout games this season, that usually would have meant maybe two, three, four earned runs from the bullpen allowed. I'm seeing five or six pitchers out of the bullpen come into the game, but that didn't happen today. With Mejia struggling, the D-backs bullpen actually stepped up to the plate, but like the case this season with the D-backs, it's impossible to get every phase of the game to work out together. So the starting pitching was bad for the D-backs, but at least the bullpen came in. If you're if, if you're telling me the D-backs pitching as a whole is only allowing three earned runs to the Dodgers, that means the D-backs are in that game, and that means the D-backs have a chance to win that game, but they weren't able to do it Sunday because the offense was never able to wake up. Saturday, they had a good performance, and we're going to be talking about Saturday's game in the second segment today, but Sunday, you had Ketel Marte. We know how good Ketel Marte has been this season. Usually, when Ketel Marte's in the game, uh, you, you know Ketel Marte's Ketel Marte is going to hit. I mean, if you go look at Ketel Marte's game log, it's insane how often he's gone to hit since he's coming off from injury. Like that 324 average Marte has, that's accurate. That's not a fluke. That's not inflated because he's only played like 90 or whatever games he's played this season. It's not inflated because he's missed over 50 games this season. Like his 324 average is accurate because Ketel Marte has been that good when healthy this season. But today, we didn't get that from Ketel Marte. We did get to see Henry Ramos two hits. We did get to see a Dalton Varsho pick up a hit as well. Carson Kelly pick up a hit. Some of the younger players pick up a hit, which you want to see at this time of the season. September, we're letting the young kids play. But the D-backs offense as a whole, despite a few guys getting hits, despite the D-backs as a team actually having as many hits as the Dodgers, both teams with seven hits apiece. The D-backs were not able to convert any of their hits into scoring opportunities. D-backs, 0 for 8 were runners in scoring position today. So they had the opportunities. Eight runners and eight opportunities with runners in scoring position is more than enough to win a game. The Dodgers were 0 for 9 runners in scoring position. So the so again, to emphasize the point, the D-backs bullpen was phenomenal on Sunday. But the offense was not able to come through. The offense was not able to come through in the clutch. And as a result, the D-backs were able to able. Yeah, I'm actually making it sound positive. The D-backs were able to pick up a loss because at this point in the season, that's what you want the D-backs to actually do. You actually want them to pick up losses. Yes, you always want them to be LA. So it's kind of a weird conundrum. It's kind of a paradox. You don't want to lose to the Dodgers, but at the same time, you want that number one overall pick. I mean, after a season of just disappointing losses and heartbreak and treachery, the biggest reward you can have at the end of a season like this, the only gold at the end of the rainbow, is going to be the number one overall pick. You want your chance. You want the choice of picking the best player on the board. Maybe you don't agree with the consensus number one overall pick, and maybe you pick some wild card out there when you do when your name is on the draft clock. But at the end of the day, I want the D-backs to have a choice to pick their own player. Yes, they they may they still may f that up and not pick the guy who should be going number one overall. But I'd rather the D-backs f it up with the number one pick than 
end up with the number five pick or the number three pick after a season like this. I mean, regardless, they're probably going to finish in the top three. That's how bad they've been this season. But I would rather see the D-backs finish with the number one pick than see them beat the L.A. Dodgers. That's where I'm at. That That's where I'm at at this point in the season. Now, I do want them to avoid the worst record in franchise history. But again, if it's the worst record in franchise history or the number one overall pick, I'm still rolling with the number one overall pick. Again, I, I don't care what the record is. As long as the D-backs are getting publicity, as long as the D-backs are getting exposure, I don't care if it's for having the worst record ever. I don't care if it's for having the longest road losing streak in MLB history. It's all positive stuff in my head. So D-backs, good job at taking by taking a loss today to the LA Dodgers because now you are still in prime position to get the number one overall pick from the Baltimore Orioles, which is all I care about all I care about at this point of the season. So good job, D-backs, for taking the L. Now, one thing that doesn't take the L, because I think all my listeners need to go do this right now, because today I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. So if you don't want to take an L with your entertainment package, just go to directtv.com. Hey, D-backs fans. This is Miller Thomas with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code BASEBALL and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. And that's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Download the app for free and use promo code BASEBALL to get up to $0.50 cent gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code BASEBALL to get up to 50 cent gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code BASEBALL. Right, we are back here, Spotify Green Room, and let's talk about Saturday's game for the D-backs. Ooh, I just accidentally closed out my tab that I want to use to talk about Saturday's game because the D-backs had a phenomenal game Saturday. They ended up beating the LA Dodgers, which is like we said, we want the D-backs to finish with the number one pick. We also want them to beat the LA Dodgers, so it's a tough conundrum. But we'll celebrate Saturday night's game, even though we were happy for Sunday's loss. We'll celebrate Saturday night's game because we can't get swept by the LA Dodgers, especially at Chase Field. So we'll take a nice two out of three loss. And that's what the D-backs did Saturday by getting a win to break up the series uh, by the Dodgers and giving D-backs fans some hope going into Sunday, even though we probably felt like 
like the D-backs were going to lose. But either way, phenomenal game, especially from the stars of the D-backs on Saturday. First off, Zach Gallen absolutely balled out Saturday night. Gallen has not been his typical self, as we've been saying a lot on this podcast this season, but Saturday night, he pitched one run ball over six innings for the D-backs. And as we know, Gallen has spent much of the season on the injured list, and he hadn't won a game since August 26. He won it against the Philadelphia Phillies, so Saturday's game was actually his first win since the 26. He's only 3-10 on the season, if you could believe that. And it's because the D-backs never put Gallon in position to win games. And Gallon himself hasn't been able to put himself in position to win games because of how much he's been struggling. But one earned run, six innings, eight strikeouts, which is one of the biggest positive indicators to know that Zach Gallon is in his bag and balling. And he was striking out Dodgers early in the game, setting the tone early, striking out six Dodgers in just the first two innings. And Gallon, he had this to say after the game. It's the first time in how long that it's clicked? Wish it would have clicked sooner, but I just kept plugging away. For it to click against a lineup like that, going into the offseason, I knocked down a pretty big wall. It gives me something to build on. So Gallon, basically talking about how he feels like he finally got his groove back a little bit Saturday and he feels locked in once again and maybe feels like he's back to being himself. And we'll see if he gets one more start and I believe he'll get at least one more start in before the season ends. But Gallon feeling confident now heading into the offseason. He's been a guy who's been consistently inconsistent this season. He's been consistently average, consistently mediocre and consistently not like the normal Zach Gallon we've seen. Seen, but Gallon himself is talking like he's back to being the guy we've seen those first couple seasons in a D-backs uniform where he set the major league record for most consecutive starts to begin your major league career, allowing three earned runs or fewer. So big Gallon game on Saturday. Happy to see him finally break out of the spell he's been in. All season long, Gallon had a few of his pitches working very well. That four-seam fastball was the one he relied on the most Saturday night. 60% of his pitches was the fastball. Also had the changeup, knuckle curve, cutter, uh, cutter, slider. So he was doing a full arsenal Saturday night. But on the mound, going against Zach Gallon is someone who has also struggled this season. That is Clayton Kershaw. And the D-backs were able to get to Clayton Kershaw early. And it brings an absolute smile to my face because I believe Kershaw is going to turn back into a pumpkin when we get to the postseason. I believe he was only good last year during the World Series stage because it was a low pressurized environment as opposed to years past where he had 40, 50,000 fans yelling at him when he's on the mound. Last year in 2020, he had what, 500 fans in the stadium. So I think Kershaw's turning back into a pumpkin when we get to this year's postseason. And he looked like a pumpkin on the mound Saturday, four and one third, gave up three earned runs. The D-backs got to Kershaw early. Ketel Marte started the game with the first inning home run. He let off with a dinger. Carson Kelly had a home run in the second inning. It was beautiful watching those two crush Clayton Kershaw. Ketel Marte got three hits, two runs, and RBI. So when I say I don't care, they went 0 for 5 on Sunday. It's because he went 3 for 5 and put it, it did damage against Clayton Kershaw. 
who just hasn't been really that good since returning from the injured list and three starts since returning from the IL, which he was on for about two months uh, with forearm inflammation. He has not lasted more than five innings since returning from the IL, so just not good. D-backs all over Kershaw, Marte, Kelly, like I said. Uh, Just very, very fun to watch. I I was happy to see Kershaw not able to perform, uh, not able to perform, Saturday night because uh, he's a guy who's killed the D-backs a ton over the years. He's considered maybe the best pitcher of our generation. It's a hot debate you could have with him and Scherzer, Scherzer, not Scherzer, Scherzer and a couple other guys. So uh, it's always fun when we get to crush uh, Clayton Kershaw and Dalton Varsho also two hits in uh, Saturday's game. Varsho just continues to absolutely crush during these last two months. Cur- uh I keep wanting to say Kershaw for some reason, but my head is trying to say Varsho, but my mouth keeps saying Kershaw. Dalton Varsho, absolutely on fire these last two months. If you check in on the splits, which is what I'm pulling up right now, Dalton Varsho in the month of September slash October. He's batting 294 with an 824 OPS in the month of August. He batted 270 with 866 OPS in July, 276 OPS when uh 276 batting average with 9986 OPS. And if you just look at his second half splits for Dalton Varsho in the second half, or we could look at the full split first half, second half, because in the first half, 143 average, 464 OPS in the second half, 298 average, and the 935 OPS. So Dalton Varsho has absolutely come on in the second half, 10 home runs, five stolen bases in the second half. And he's someone that I think has to be an everyday major leaguer for the D-backs next season. I want to see what Dalton Varsho could do with a full-time role in in outfield right field left field catcher i don't care where dalton varsho is i still want carson kelly's my everyday catcher but dalton varsho definitely need to be an everyday corner outfielder for the d-backs next season or dh if they bring that back next year whatever it is dalton varsho needs to be in the lineup every day during the 2022 season now we'll talk about Tori Lovello's contract extension, but first, did you know Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? They got coconut, cherry bar, sea, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. There is a flavor for everyone, and the reason why I love Bilt Bar is because I'm a health conscious guy. I'm working out every day, but... I have a sweet tooth, but it's okay because Built Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber, so it's great for the keto diet. If you want a Built Bar, just go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off. Built.com. All right, all right. Let's get back into it and let's talk about Tori Lovello's contract extension because I was surprised to see Tori Lovello get a contract extension last week. I thought the D-backs might address it during the off season. We were already so close to the off season. I thought the D-backs might just wait uh, to make an announcement then, whether they were extending him or just letting him walk. I didn't think we were gonna get news before you know 
a week and a half before the season ended. I didn't know we were going to get clarity on the Lavello situation. And we ended up getting clarity because Tori Lavello was extended through the 22 season with a club option for 2023. So Lavello will be back at least for one more year, potentially two, depending on what happens next year. And of course, the 2021 season, the struggles this year, this has not all been on Toy Lavello. The last two years have not been all on Toy Lavello. But the fact is the D-backs are third the D-backs are 333 and 365 over the last two years. So they have 333 wins to 365 losses over the last two years. The D-backs have not been good in one-run games during Lavello's time this season. Either they are 9-29 in one-run games this season. Now, they have been competitive in a lot of those one-run games. That's why they were only one run. The D-backs have been competitive in a lot of games during this second half. Despite their still very poor record, the D-backs have been on pace with the San Diego Padres basically in the second half who are trying to make the postseason. Yes, they were terrible in the second half, but the D-backs have been competitive in a lot of games. They just happen to lose a lot of games because of how bad their bullpen is, how bad their overall team is. So not everything that's happened to the D-backs the last two seasons is on Tori Lovello, but still Tori Lovello is going to take a lot of blame for what has happened to the D-backs and why they haven't been as good the last couple of years and it's not all his fault but i personally i didn't think tori lavello was going to come back another season i thought the d-backs were potentially going to move in a different direction because i thought it was probably time to move in a different direction this was tori lavello's fifth season and he they haven't made the postseason since 2017. The only year they made the postseason, they won a one-game wild card. Then they got swept by the LA Dodgers. And yes, 2017 was probably their best team, was probably their best roster. But the D-backs still had competitive teams, good enough teams to potentially make a wild card uh to potentially take a wild card spot in the subsequent years. And 2017, 2018, they were close. They were 80 plus win teams. Of course, injuries did the men. Maybe they didn't have an elite rotation either year, but they were good enough teams to make the postseason. But in 2020, injuries and lackluster performances lead to the D-backs demise. 2021, a lot is the same. So for the D-backs, you say injuries and Players not meeting expectations in 2020, 2021. You can't really put that in Toy Lovello. 2018, 2019, you didn't have great teams. You probably had 80 win teams. So you say Lovello maximized his team's potential those years. But overall, you look at the overall reign for Toy Lovello, it's not that great. And we've seen a lot of players in terms of development move backwards. Robbie Ray is the most important case the biggest case study the d-backs have because under toy lavello he broke in 2017 and looked like an all-star and subs he got worse every year since 2017 and part of that falls on tory lavello's shoulders he's the one overseeing guys tweaking robbie ray's delivery it's on Lavelle to make sure his pitchers and players are reaching their potential, making sure they're mental, they're in the right mental space, making sure that they can, that they are confident and helping them with their confidence. All that falls on Tori Lavello's shoulders. And Robbie Ray is one of the biggest cases of a 
player looking like a potential all-star and moving backwards in terms of development under his wing and tutelage. And now you see Robbie Ray in Toronto. And this guy potentially might win the Cy Young Award in 2021. Just think about that. This dude was the biggest headache on the D-backs last year in 2020. I did not want to see Robbie Ray Day. I was pissed whenever Robbie Ray pitched because he would go four innings, strike out eight, give up five earned runs, and allow three home runs and walk four to five batters every time and it was always annoying frustrating and you know he had the talent we saw him have the talent in 2017 some in 2018 as well and he just never lived up to expectations until he got moved once again to the toronto blue jays where they were able to rediscover robbie ray and apparently all they did was move him back to his original delivery so why were the d-backs messing with robbie ray's delivery under tory lavelle's wing something like that probably it, maybe it wasn't Toy Lovello that told Robbie Ray to fix his delivery or anything like that, but because something like that happened under Toy Lovello's wing, it's just not a good look. Your players shouldn't, your young players shouldn't get worse the more years they're getting coached by a manager. So when I look at something like that, when I look at a Jake Lamb, a Yasmani Tomas, players who seem to have gotten worse under Toy Lovello, you don't like to see that. You see a Zach Allen this year after his first season with the D-backs you look at a Luke Weaver since his first season with the D-backs a lot of these players seem to move backwards under Tori Lovello and again a lot of this isn't his fault but it's hard to say who should take the blame for so many of these players not only not living up to expectations but not even being able to recapture the magic of what made us first fall in love with these players the first time they flashed that potential they're not even able to get back to that level most of the time. So because of that, I think most of this blame, or not most of it, but a lot of the blame does have to fall on Tori Lavella's shoulders. And if the D-backs parted ways with him at the end of the season, I think it would have been the right move by the organization. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Shout out to anyone who jumped on Spotify Greenroom. Remember, I usually go live after the D-backs win on Sundays. They didn't win this Sunday, but I still went live after the D-backs played. As always, come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news, coverage, and insight. And remember, betting on the D-backs doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you to everyone who listens to this podcast. The listeners are what make this podcast go. I won't be do I, I won't be doing this, and I can't be doing this without y'all who listen to the podcast every day, every week. So shout out to you guys because you guys are the real MVP. So please come back tomorrow so we can do this all over again. Stay safe and stay healthy out there. Deuces.